Hello and welcome to today's livecast. I'm Jamie from Stonemeyer Games. I should put my name on the screen so you know who I am. Here's who I am. Jamie Stonemeyer from Stonemeyer Games. I'm here to talk about Stonemeyer Games news, to answer your questions, and to discuss random topics. And just because I remember to do it, let's throw in the uh, little bump here. There it is, Stonemeyer Games. Um, I'm happy to be here today. It's great to see some early comments already coming in. I see Chad, Susanna, Garrett, uh, Dominic. I won't name all the names, but uh, Davis, uh, Carlos, Chrissa, thank you for joining me today to say hi. I saw a comment earlier from Chad saying that I need to update the little placeholder image that I have that says Facebook Livecast to just Livecast, because as many of you know, I'm now able to Livecast simultaneously on Facebook and YouTube, thanks to StreamYard. Um, yeah, what's going on today? So I've been working on some game design stuff recently. I can't say what the games are, or I, I could, but I'm not going to. Uh, working on some game design. There is a product that some of you might be receiving right now that is relevant to this week, and that is the bundle. Today is the second to last day to get the Rolling Realms Holiday Bundle. Uh, it's not actually holiday related, but we did it in the holiday season. So there are nine new Rolling Realms realms that we've bundled together at a special bundle price that uh, that bundle will stop existing um, tomorrow night. And these realms will just be in available individually. However, I haven't played these realms live yet. I won't play them live until live play game 61 in a few weeks. But this week is a special game 60 when I'll be playing nine realms designed by Rolling Realms fans. So we'll start out with... Uh, here we go. Here, uh, Wingspan Asia, Flock Together, and One Good Apple. I, I'm showing these because you can print them off on our website if you want to join in today at 3 o'clock Central, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week. These are all unofficial fan design realms. My Father's Work, New Year's Day, and Canvas. And then on Friday, we will have uh, Fromage, The Mill, and Spirit Island. I have never played any of these realms, so I am really excited to get them to the table later today. And I'm going to try a few people. Uh, so, well, segueing into another topic, I have a demographic survey that I posted on our website or on our newsletter recently, and I talked about it in Monday's blog post. And uh, one of the pieces of feedback I gave is that it's hard to see the realms when I'm doing live plays of rolling realms. It's me kind of pointing my camera down at my table. What I'm going to try today, if I can get it to set it up, is I do have this other camera holder back here, or it's actually a, a phone holder. I'm going to try to set that up over my desk to show, uh, to have a second camera, essentially, using my phone as a second camera linked to, to StreamYard. I'm going to try that. I don't know if it'll work, but I will give it a try, and we'll see later today if it actually works out. We're in Ian, Joshua, George. Ray, Sander, Tom. Tom says, am I excited for the holidays? Will I take much of a break? You know, I took a little break. Uh, I went home to uh, to Virginia, to my childhood home, or to a home in Virginia. It's not the one that I grew up in uh, for Thanksgiving. So I don't plan to really take a break for the holidays. I, I, I yeah, I'll, I'll just, I'll probably be here on, on the, the normal days and times that I always am. And I'm looking forward to that. Let's see. Just scrolling through looking for questions right now. Tim says he got to play a Dune plus X for the first time. Have I tried Uprising, the new Dune Imperium core game? I've not tried it yet. No. Uh, I think at game night tonight, we will play 
I'm hoping to play the Fox Experiment. I also just got my copy of Last Light, which I'm really excited to play. I have Reviving Kathmandu. And what was the other one? Uh, Nekojima, or Neko, Nekojima. Uh, the, the Island of Cats game. A different Isle of Cats game about a cat island in Japan. I also just received Sleeping Gods, Distant Skies, which I'm so excited about. But uh, almost trumping my excitement for it is that we are midway through our campaign for the Role Player Adventures expansion, Gold Pax's Secret. And it is absolutely incredible. It's, it's, it's so good. It's, it's exactly what I want from an adventure style game. There are puzzly elements with the dice. There are difficult decisions to make in the story, difficult decisions that have a huge consequence. And it's only seven games long. So it's a game, it's a campaign game that I can reasonably start and finish with Megan. We've played it every day the last four days. So we're already halfway through the campaign and I'm just absolutely loving it. I'm looking forward to Sleeping God's Distant Skies and the, the big open world adventure that it offers. But I am just loving Cold Pax's uh, secrets for role player adventures right now. I highly recommend it. It's a big buy-in because you have to get the role player adventures game plus Cold Pax's secrets. But uh it's incredible. I think I think it's worth the money. It, every episode feels like a movie, and so I'm getting a movie's worth of entertainment for every single scenario that I play in this game. Some other games I played recently are uh, Bark Avenue. Really enjoyed my first play of Bark Avenue, a game about walking dogs in New York. And I also got Raising Robots back to the table at a game night last week. Uh, a fairly heavy tableau building, engine building, simultaneous action game that I talked about recently on my YouTube channel. Let's see. Clercasta says, I bought Rolling Realms when I received my free Wingspan fan art pack. I didn't expect to like it so much. I'm glad it turned out to uh, to be a little surprise. It's um, It's been a lot of fun to work on it and a lot of fun to work with Corel, the the uh, kind of the lead designer developer on all the Rolling Realms uh, promo packs. Travis says the same thing. So Travis says the survey results were very interesting to see this year. Let's pop on over and look at some of the survey results real quick. I won't go too deep into it because that's what this blog post is for, but we'll just highlight a few of them. Um, one of the questions I asked, I wanted to see if our method of announcing a game, let me see if I can scroll in a little bit here so you can see better. There we go. I wanted to see if our method of announcing a game and then revealing it. And then a few weeks later, actually uh, putting it on our web store and shipping it right away soon uh, within a few weeks after that. I wanted to see if people liked that method or if people were enjoying the anticipation of, uh, not getting a game for many, many months if they backed it on Kickstarter or maybe they just have enough games on their shelves uh, to uh, to dictate that they're okay waiting a while to receive a game. And those things might still be true, but it looks like most people are enjoying, um, at least most of our subscribers, uh, if they hear about a newly announced game, they are more than happy to receive it within a, uh, either a week or a month. Um, I asked, what place did you use the most for buying games this year? I also had a question about the second most. Uh, but uh, here's the data for that. So like online stores are the biggest chunk here at 41%. Local game stores, about 19%. And then either crowdfunding or directly from the publishers, both around 17% here. I'll just scroll through here. We can discuss these if you want in the comments, but I'll just go through here real quick. And what type of situation did you physically play games this year? And... Um, uh, typically, not physically, typically play games this year. Looks like a lot of people, multiple adults in person. So a lot of people still hosting or finding game nights to attend. Or 33% uh, 
uh, playing with one other person, playing with a partner, spouse, a regular gaming partner. 11% um, solo game, so still a decent chunk of people playing games solo. That might even be growing. And there was a lower amount this year of with kids and family. I don't know if it's all that indicative of anything other than maybe kids are growing up and, and you're playing games with less with them and more with adults and friends. Talked about games on your shelf of opportunity. Uh, looks right now like heavy games are the, the games that are most likely to maybe be sitting on your shelf and not being actually played. Uh, along with competitive games, game expansions, and uh, campaign games are sitting on shelves a lot. Talked about what phase of the gaming hobby would you say you're in? This is an interesting one because this year we saw a pretty big increase in the number of people who say that they are at saturation or completion. 16% of people say that they are just happy with the way their collections are right now. Um, still a good number of people, 52% refining and enhancing and around 18% growing and collecting. And then there's another 8% who are downsizing and culling that I think increased a little bit this year too. And last, one of the biggest uh, results or changes from last year was that Board Game Arena overtook Steam as the go-to platform, digital platform, for at least our subscribers. Uh, those two switched places this year compared to last year. You can also see some things that didn't change from last year's survey. Respondents to the survey were, were mostly male, 82%. Uh, primarily live in the US and still people, even though people seem to get excited about campaign games, they don't actually seem to be playing campaign games all that much. So yeah, if you have any thoughts about any of that, those data points, feel free to let me know, or you can check out the article for a more detailed analysis. Uh, Chad says, Chad noticed that I posted on Instagram today about a whiskey tasting that I participated in this weekend. He says, I'm excited to hear about your whiskey tasting night. I'm really interested to hear about the whiskey tasting night. I love the scotch. Uh, Lagavulin, 16 year, the smokier, the better. We didn't try that particular one, but we did talk about it a little bit. Um, we did have a scotch. We had a bourbon and then we had three whiskeys. I for I'm forgetting some of the names now that we had. We definitely had a Larceny and we had a Knob Creek and we had a Nika, uh, a, ja a Japanese um, a whiskey and two others that I'm forgetting. Uh, we did have a scotch, but I'm forgetting the name of the scotch that we had. It was a lot of fun. We were we were with some friends who knew scotches and whiskeys and bourbons really, really well. And so it was fascinating to try the different types back to back. And also the most fascinating thing to me, I mentioned this on the Instagram post, is that by just adding a few drops of water to whiskey, it really changed um, changed the flavor to a certain amount. But for the most part, it, it changed the burn. It decreased the burn that I often feel when I have whiskey, the rare times that I have whiskey, I've kind of avoided it because of that burn. But uh, the, the uh, just a little bit of water makes a big difference. I was really surprised by that. Ray says he just wanted to say that I found out two days ago that he passed the last of his CPA exams. Congratulations, Ray. That's a, that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. Um, he says he's going to get a bonus from his job and he's going to use it to buy Wingspan and Wingspan Asia. That's putting a bonus to good use there, Ray. Congratulations. That's a, that's a huge deal. I'm sure you put a lot of work into preparing for those exams. Um, I think it's, a, a, a he says, a long year and, and a half of studying. Year and a half of studying. Yeah. Congratulations, Ray. That's that's really awesome. Brandon says, says, when will design day be in 2024? And Brandon, I'm glad you asked this because we recently changed it. I had previously, previously announced that it was going to be in October, but we changed it to September 22nd. So design day will be on September 22nd in 2024. 
That's a local event that we host where we host a bunch of designers who come in and playtest their games and a bunch of playtesters who are excited to playtest those games. Also, Brandon, I'm glad you mentioned it because I wanted to bring up that um, on our web store. In fact, I'll, here, I'll go to my, uh, my other screen here. On our web store, if you want to order anything from us and kind of guarantee that we'll, it'll arrive before Christmas, uh, the the date is December 11th. Yeah, December 11th, here it is up here. So uh, the last day to order for contiguous U.S. delivery before Christmas. Contiguous, is that the right word? Or is it continental U.S.? I think it might be continental. Let me know if that's wrong. Um, is December 11th. Uh, so yeah, keep that in mind if you are thinking about buying something from our web store, including these products. There's some good stocking stuffers like the Wingspan Fan Art Pack, the Holiday Bundle. This will expire tomorrow. The Golden Eggs for Wingspan if you want to give oh, the Wingspan lover in your life something really, really fancy. They're not actually gold, but they do look and feel like gold. I keep forgetting today to put the questions on the screen. Uh, Carol says... What games of 2023 are you trying to squeeze in before the end of the year to see if they make your best of 2023 list? That's a great question, Carol. I always try to play. I always, well, I wait to do my 2023 list until 2023 is actually over. I don't, there are many reviewers. I'm not a reviewer, but there are content creators that do those lists in December. And I'm like, there's still plenty of time to play games in December. So I'm, I at last light and the Fox experiment are definitely two of them. Reviving Kathmandu, Sleeping Gods, Distant Skies. So all of these games on my shelf of opportunity right now are on that list. Let me think if there are any others. I think those are oh Nekojima. I wouldn't play, mind playing that. It's a dexterity game, so I'm, it's not like one that I'm really, really excited to play, but I, I'm sure I will have fun with it. Uh yeah, those are the ones on my list right now that, that are at least on my shelf. I don't think there's anything else that comes to mind off the top of my head that uh that I that I think I'm receiving by the end of the year or that I'm thinking I'm buying by the end of the year. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Any, any, is that the case for you, Carol, or anyone else who, not necessarily who makes a top 10 list here, but uh, are there any other 2023 games that you're trying to play in 2023 uh, that, that are maybe on your shelf of opportunity right now? Dominic says, after five months, his group finally played game six of Rise of Fenris. I was able to teach Apiary and it's such a hit. Thank you, Dominic. I'm glad you were having fun with both of those games. Uh, Apiary was featured at PAX Unplugged this past weekend, thanks to MeepleSource and my coworkers, uh, Dave and Alex. Connie showed up and was there to sign games and talk about the games. Her husband was there to help teach the games. And um, Quan Chai Maria, the artist, was also there. I have a photo somewhere of Connie and, and Quan Chai together. Let me see if I can pull that up, because that is, well, no, actually, I'm, I'm not sharing the right screen here, but it is, uh, I, it was, I heard people had a lot of fun um, meeting them and, and learning about Apiary and Clean Apiary there. So yeah, that was PAX Unplugged this past weekend. I wasn't there, so I don't know all the details, but I heard good things about it. Joshua says, you talk a lot about the games you, that you receive, um, and they're always, just to clarify, Joshua, uh, I always, the, any games that I receive that are on my shelf of opportunity are games that I buy. I don't receive games for free as like a content creator. I, I buy the games that I, that I play. He says, but I've never heard how big your collection is. Do you call games a lot? And where does your collection average? Every now and then I post shelfies on Instagram. Not all that often, but every now and then I do. And so I have one 4x4 Calyx over here, just off screen, 4x4 Calyx. I have a smaller shelf of opportunity. I have another smaller, um, or 
a shelf of shorter, smaller box games. And then I have the Stonemeyer shelf. So in total between all of them, it's probably around 150 games, um, especially since I have a lot of games on that small box game shelf. Uh, Joshua says, do I call games a lot? Yeah, I try not to have games stocked, stacked on top of my shelf, in particular the Calyx over here. Right now I have a couple of them over there. So I try to, if I have more games than I can fit onto the shelf, then I try to get rid of some games. Um, I, I usually either give them to friends who are interested or I donate them at design day. I give them away to people who attend design day. Yeah. Jakob is here from Denmark. Uh, Carol says her, that Ben got to play Last Light. I'm really excited to play Last Light. I've gotten really into simultaneous action games. I need to do, that's one of my questions today for you. Uh, what is your favorite simultaneous action game? And I'm debating whether or not if I should uh, if I should delineate this list from games where you are acting simultaneously versus specifically that you're taking actions simultaneously. It's a tough line to draw. For example, in Rolling Realms, um, sorry, I think the Wi-Fi cut out there, but it, like Rolling Realms is a simultaneous game. You're doing things simultaneously with other players, but I, it feels like it's a slightly different category than a game like Earth where you're taking these meaty simultaneous actions simultaneously. Um, I don't know if I should delineate them or not. I, I can't decide that. But I guess what is what are your favorite games right now to play simultaneously where the meat of the action is happening simultaneously with the other players? Uh, I think I've been thinking about this recently because Raising Robots, I've really enjoyed that. I've heard that Last Light is largely simultaneous. So I'm really excited to, to give that a try. And there's some other games like that that have come over the last few years, including uh, Earth, one of my favorite games um, that... Uh, I, mean, I have an older list about this, but I need to update that list. Jeff says, says, can you offer your thoughts on how Apiary has been received by the community so far? Uh, Jeff, mainly what I see, I see anecdotal reports about it. Like I see people talking about it on Board Game Geek and in the Apiary Facebook group. And I also see the rating on Board Game Geek. It's rated uh, an average of 8.0 right now from a uh, little over 1.3 thousand ratings. So I mean, I love the game. I'm happy to see, I'm really happy to see that people have received it. That to me is a good indicator so far that people are having fun with Apiary. So yeah, I'm excited about that so far. Uh, Dale has a similar question. Yeah, what's the reception of, how's the reception of Apiary going compared to expectations? The, that one's at the top of my Christmas wish list. I think it's, uh, I would say it's actually even exceeded expectations so far a little bit um, in terms of how it's been received how it's been selling. I knew that we love the game. Obviously, we don't publish anything that we don't truly love. But um, And I, I worked a lot with Connie on, on Apier. I had a lot of fun working with Connie on the game. But So I'm elated to see that people are not just uh, re receiving the game well, but also that they're actively playing it. That's one of the biggest challenges now when people have big shelves of games that they haven't played yet to have your game be the one that they're actually getting to the table. And it is really exciting to see people choosing to play Apiary. Uh, I'm really excited about that. Uh, Maddie has a game. Maddie's trying to say Walking Dogs, you say. I was talking about the game Bark Avenue. Very different than your dog walking game, Maddie, but also a, a good take on the, the Walking Dogs genre. Maddie has a game called Heck and Hounds, which is a uh, trick-taking game about walking supernatural dogs. Is that a way to say it, Maddie? Uh, Jakob says that he has played a lot of Apiary over the last 14 days as well. I'm, I, I'm elated to hear that, Jakob. That's around 14 days since the retail release date. 
Let's see. Um, Garrett says that he got Forever Home from Birdwood Games. If you're in the market for another dog-themed game, it's pretty good. So that could join Dog Park, which I really, really enjoy, and Bark Avenue as some great dog-themed games which, with a lot of unique dog cards in each of them, which I, I really love. I got to play Sky Team with Ian last week on Board Game Arena. It was a lot of fun. And I, I want to throw this out there to any of you. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have Ian join my bi-weekly Board Game Arena game night on Wednesday nights. If any of you are, um, I don't know, I'll just put it out there. If you're looking to play games on Board Game Arena on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock Central, every now and then, uh, it, I do it every other week. Let me know. I don't know the best way to let me know here, but um, maybe send me an email and say that you are interested in joining in from time to time uh, because it's been a lot of fun to add just kind of random, not random people, but people like Ian from around the world that I wouldn't usually get to play the games with, people that I don't really know other than from the live streams and th and other communications for, through Stillmeyer Games. But uh, but yeah, uh, if, if you would have fun playing some games, it isn't necessarily playing games with me because if a lot of people show up, then we divide into multiple groups. But, uh, but yeah, every other Wednesday, I play games on Board Game Arena at 7 o'clock, and we meet up on a Discord server that I have set up so that we can see each other and talk to each other while we're playing. Yeah, I just want to throw that out there. Jeff says, how do you separate gamer brain from designer brain when you play a game for the first time? Great question, but I, I don't. I can't. I, I am always looking to have fun with, with games as a player. I'm looking to discover the next game that I want to play over and over again. But I'm also trying to learn from the game. I, I, yeah, I can't separate the two. So going back to the demographic survey, Travis says, I love seeing the two-player results and that you said why this is important to make sure all of your games work at two players. Great results. I'm so glad you put that, put that so forward and important in the games that you produce. Thank you, Travis. I appreciate you saying that. Um, and yeah, it's... The two-player modes of our games, not just modes, the two-player play, they get by far the most playtesting of any other mode. So that's actually, it's, in some ways, that is the easy part for our games to get the two-player mode, uh, two-player play, player count to work well. It's uh, getting playtesters for four, five, six players. That's a, a bit more of a challenge at times for most of our games. Julie says she enjoyed Earth and the Fox Experiment last week, two nature-themed games. I noticed both have dual-sided and sometimes dual-use components. What games can you think of that make use of dual-sided parts? Actually, I think recently I film, I feel like I did a list about games that use both sides of the cards. I think it may not be one that I've released yet. Let's see. Hmm. Yeah, actually, Julie, perfect timing for this question. This Sunday is I have a video coming out about 10 great games that use both sides of cards. Um, I'll give you a teaser as to my honorable mentions uh, for this list. I'll, I'll save the top 10 for Sunday. But the honorable mentions were Race to the Rat, First in Flight, Fury of Dracula, Sentinels of the Multiverse, Point Salad, Star Wars Outer Rim, Trekking Through History, Marvel Champions, and The King's Dilemma. And from some of our games, I think the only game I can think of that used both sides of the cards, and by this I mean there's printed content on both sides of the cards, not just that you can flip over a card and use it as something generic. Um, the only game that I can think of that does that for some of our games is Viticulture. And I think that's just the property cards, maybe. No, there's something else. Something else in Viticulture I'm forgetting here where you can use both sides of the cards. Can't think of it offhand. Uh, Dominic says, I thought the heavy games comment was interesting. This was about the survey that I mentioned a few seconds ago. Um, I find that 
that I research heavy games and buy them, but it's hard to get to the, them to the table due, due to the rules overhead and teach. That is a challenge, Dominic. I, I agree. Heavy games are often the games that that rise up the ranks of board game arena or board game uh, geek if they get played, if they're played by a lot of people. Um, but I think they're also a little bit more difficult to get to the table. One of the ben other benefits of heavy games is that they really lead to that sense of mastery. Like if you do learn it, if you do teach it, you have that satisfaction. At least I have that satisfa satisfaction of learn of knowing something complex that I wouldn't otherwise have known. But get just getting it to the table, I think that onboarding process is so. For heavy, um, sorry if I'm cutting out a little bit here. I, I, I just noticed a little cutout. Uh, let's see. Carol says she just got uh, Santa's workshop and is excited to play that. I'm excited to play that one too, Carol. I'm trying to get Justin's comment to show up here. There we go. Justin says, due to my position within the board game world and wanting to try a lot of new and different types of games, do you find it difficult to play or enjoy lifestyle type games such as Arkham Horror LCG or other games with perpetually expanding content models? Do these types of games appeal to you or do you prefer larger player swaths of games rather than spending a lot of time on just one? That's a great question, Justin. Um, I'll peek over the comment here. I for, for the right game, I am happy to play it many, many times, uh, especially if it plays well two players because Megan, Megan is here with me. We love to play games together. Um, I would say Magic is the game that gets the closest to me doing this because oftentimes when a new Magic set comes out, I will buy a bunch of packs and host a drafting event where we'll just draft and play a bunch of games of it. So I really enjoyed that format. Um, I would say I don't get, I don't want to spend time on games when I'm not actually playing them. By that I mean like deck building and things like that. So a lot of these games, these LCG expandable type games require or they encourage deck building from session to session. Uh, campaign games kind of fit into this model. So there are campaign games that I love, but I generally don't want to play a campaign game more than more than 12 sessions. And even that is kind of stretching it a little bit. Or 12 games. 12 sessions would be a lot. So yeah, there it depends on the game, but there isn't a game like this that I that I've really, really gotten into. Uh, one of these LCG style games. And some of it, just to be transparent, is I have played some of these LCG and expandable style games, and I just didn't really love the game all that much, uh, enough to continue to, to want to play it. People are chiming in about my whiskey comments here. Uh, Nancy Jane says a comment about campaign games. It is difficult for me to play campaign games because I don't constantly play games with the same people. Yeah, it's a big challenge. It's why I really, I, when, if whenever we have a campaign style game, I want there to be a strong solo mode so someone can get it to the table solo and really a strong two-player mode. So you, if you do have that one gaming partner in your life, that uh, you can play with them consistently. But games at bigger groups, campaign games at bigger groups, they're a big challenge. And it's it's pretty rare now that I'd, I'd want to try to start a campaign game with a bigger group beyond just Megan. Um, the one exception for that that I can think of is... Uh, is uh, The Queen's Dilemma. When The Queen's Dilemma comes out, I will play that with a bigger group. I don't think it will even play it too. But yeah, there, there's certainly ones that I think we'd have fun with playing with other people, but they're the ones that, those are the campaigns that stall out. Like we started Betrayal Legacy with some friends a while ago. We had fun with it. We met up maybe once a month for a while and it's kind of petered out. We're not gonna, we probably won't finish that campaign. And um, I'm hesitant to buy an expensive campaign game to play with a bigger group if I don't think I'm actually gonna finish it. 
So that definitely is a challenge. Orlando says, you've shared your interest in watching football, soccer. Um, yeah, I played soccer for most of my life growing up and pick up soccer as an adult. He says, did I make it to any of the St. Louis FC games this year? They had a great season. They did. Yeah, they had, they had a great debut season. They didn't make it well into the playoffs, but they they uh, were one of the top teams, really, in, in the league. I didn't make it to any games. They were all sold out. I probably could have found a way to go. But I, I prefer watching sports highlights now than actually going to the sporting event. Someday I'll have to go. I, I, I don't love crowds, and I don't, I don't know. It's just this is something I get excited about. But I do love soccer, football in general. I follow uh, especially since St. Louis has a team. Just in case that, that bleeped out and you missed that, I, I love the show. Welcome to Wrexham. So I root for Wrexham as, as well. Uh, George pointed out that September 22nd is the official Stolmeyer Games anniversary date. You know, I hadn't remembered that. Uh, but George... You're right. I think that is the date that Viticulture successfully funded. So that would be our it'll be our 12th anniversary next year for Design Day. That's exciting. Good memory there, George. And says approximately how many games are on your shelf of opportunity right now? Uh one, two, three, four, five. It looks like and the shelf is divided into games that I definitely think I will play and games that maybe were a few games are given to me. I, I, I try not to accept games as gifts, but every now and then they, they end up here. Um, so I have maybe two or three games in, in that category and then another five games on my shelf opportunity that I'm excited to play. Those games are, let's see if we can move the mic over here, are The Fox Experiment, Sleeping God's Distant Skies, Last Light, Neko Jima, Jima, and... Um, Reviving Kathmandu. Yeah. What about the rest of you? How many games right now are on your shelf or are, are on your shelf of opportunity? How many games are on that shelf of unplayed games that you want to play? Uh, so I asked about simultaneous games. I'll, I'll wait to see if I have any answers from you about your favorite simultaneous action games right now. And then I'll come back to my other answer. Just a few quick things. Uh, uh, Stillmeyer Games. Uh, Working, looking through the demographic results right now, trying to figure out how we can take action on them, how we can better serve people through the answers on, on that survey. Uh, I watched the movies Oppenheimer and Asteroid City this past weekend and enjoyed bo both for different reasons. Um, Oppenheimer was brilliant. Both are like the direction of the films, very different directors, but direction styles, but I thought the direction was excellent on both films. We have Rolling Realms Game 60 happening today at 3 o'clock if you want to join me on YouTube or in the Rolling Realms Facebook group. And uh, also this past weekend, I went to the farmer's market, played some disc golf, had a beautiful weekend here in St. Louis. Let's go back to these, these questions here. Krakasta uh, says, how long does it usually take for a Stillmeyer game to be developed in another language? I want to try Apiary, but I don't think I'll have much success finding other players in English. Great question. We have a great number of localization partners that uh, many of them often sign up right after we have begun our first printing so that they can have the game a few months after we do um, in their language. But it really depends on that partner. If if, it, if a partner signs up, if our, uh, say our French partner, Matigo, they might say yes to a game, they might not say yes to a game. We don't really know. It's up to them. It's not their obligation to take and translate any of our games. So. It's really up to those partners. So what what is the language that you're looking for? Maybe I can speak to that a little bit. 
And you can also, I can let you know who that publisher is. So you can look to see if they have announced if there will be uh, a version of Apiary in their language coming up in the near future. Todd has a nice comment here. He says, it's my hope that you and all the Semire Games team have a great Christmas season. It's been a crazy year for our family and we have not had much time for games. I'm sorry to hear that, Todd. Uh, we are looking forward to getting the games back to the table and Apiary is on the top of the list. I hope uh, 2020. Is left. Sorry about that. The one downside with StreamYard I've noticed is that it cuts out sometimes. Um, so I, I'm assuming that when my screen is black that you cannot see me or you can't hear me. Uh, let me know if that's incorrect. George has a question. Do you ever get conflicted with supporting friendly little game stores or distributors in lieu of cheaper prices, cheaper prices from a conglomerate like Amazon? Yeah, we do. Uh, I mean, Amazon is is known for selling things at a, at a very low price and for free shipping. So that is a it's a it's a challenge for us to navigate that uh, to navigate our relationship with Amazon, which is through a distributor right now, uh, as well as our relationships with distributors, other distributors, and retailers, and our own web store. So yeah, it's an ongoing it's an ongoing challenge, um, and we'll we're doing some things in twenty twenty four to address that challenge. Yeah. Didi says, I'm shopping for chocolate today. What's my chocolate of the day? You know, I just got a very nice gift basket from Harry and David um, from our freight shipping company. So I have a bunch of chocolate truffles in there that I'll probably be enjoying today. Hopefully not too many because chocolate truffles are very rich. But yeah, I'll, I'll probably be enjoying a chocolate truffle or two today, Didi. What chocolate are you going for? What's your treat of the day today? Carol says that Darwin's Journey and Nova Roma are my biggest two 2023 games that I still want to get in. So we're talking about games that on your self opportunity that you're hoping to play in 2023. If Time Unmatched, Guild of Academies of Val Valeria, and The New Sleeping Gods, although she's still waiting for her copy. Julio says, I just played Apiary last night and it was awesome. It's a modular and replayable game. Kudos to Connie on the design. Thank you, Julio, for saying that. And I agree that the replayability in Apiary is off the charts. I was uh, just emailing with Connie yesterday about expansion ideas and part of my take on it, while we probably will make a small expansion for Apiary, there's so much replayable replayability out of the box, given the different tiles and how they come up, the different seed cards, the different factions, it's uh, the dances. It's uh, it, it feels, I'm really happy with how the game, in my opinion, feels like a complete game out of the box um, and that we didn't pull any punches from, from the core set of Apiary. Chad says, talking about uh, simultaneous games that he enjoys, Terraforming Mars Ares Expedition. Um, but I'm not a huge fan of the mechanism. I start to feel really disconnected disconnected from the other players. That is the challenge with simultaneous games, Chad. I totally agree that, that you have that disconnect if you're doing something that, while other players are doing something else. Um, or even if you're doing the same thing, but you're doing it simultaneously, you have that, that disconnect. Uh, I think some games have gotten around it, like The Reckoners is a cooperative a simultaneous cooperative game where you are actively talking in real time uh, all the time about what you need to do. So I think that game has a strong sense of connection despite having that simultaneous nature. And I wonder if maybe adding elements of trading to simultaneous games could allevi alleviate that uh, to competitive games at least. Yeah, I'll make a note about that. Uh, I think that's a good point about the 
the disconnect. I also remind myself that the Reckoners exist. I haven't played in a long time. So it's terraforming Mars, the Aries project specifically. And you mentioned the disconnect and I'll mention um, trading here and, and collaboration. Julian says, what's the, what was the biggest challenge with Apiary that turned out to have a simple remedy? Hmm, that's a good question about Apiary. I'm the developer of Apiary, not the designer. So Connie could probably speak better to this, but what is one of the bigger challenges with it that turned out to have a simple remedy? Hmm. Because some of the solutions in Apiary aren't as simple as they probably should be, uh, like some things with a docking mat. Um, well, one of them, okay, here's one, with the seed cards. Uh, we we wanted all of the seed cards to be useful because there's a random draw. So we could have just had a card market, but Apiary already has a lot of face-up information on the board to look at at all times, including text from across the table that you need to read. So having face-up seed cards with even more text to look at, we thought would be too much. So it's a random deck. You're just drawing at the top of the deck. And part of the solution there is that the higher the worker that you place there, the more cards that you get to look at, even though you're only gaining one. Uh, but the other part of it is that uh, the challenge is that we wanted every seed card to be useful. And so for that reason, we put the um, the basic resource icon in the upper right of every seed card. So even if you don't end up wanting to use the ability, you don't want to tuck the seed card, you don't, you don't want to plant it, you always have that backup option where you know at the very least you are getting a basic resource out of a turn where you go ahead and get a seed card. So I thought that was a nice simple solution to make every seed card useful. Maddie clarifies that in Heck and Hounds, uh, they're called Hellhounds, not, uh, not uh, they are supernatural, but uh, yeah, Hellhounds are the, the dogs that you're walking in Heck and Hounds. Jakob says, I just played the amazing Red Rising solo. Thanks, Jakob. Have you read the last book in the series? Uh, I've re read the latest book in the series, which is book six. I devoured it. It was amazing. One of my favorite books in the series, maybe top two after book one. And uh, But the, the last book in the series, I think, will be book seven. Uh, where, uh, yeah, it, I think originally it, Pierce kind of made it seem like there was going to be a second trilogy, but he didn't necessarily say trilogy. It's going to be a total of four books, I believe, in the second half of, of Red Rising. Steve's talking about games. For some reason, I keep wanting to play Apiary and Scholars of the South Tigris. I'm glad Apiary keeps coming back for more, Steve, and that you're enjoying Scholars as well. I enjoyed my, I've only played that one so far, but I did enjoy my first play of it. Skylar also says, oh, we really love Earth for simultaneous actions, but we did try Raising Robots and really enjoyed it. Raising Robots, I would say, is a tough teach, tougher to teach than Earth, but a really satisfying, really satisfying engine building and tableau building in, in Raising Robots. And both of them use different ways to uh, that require you to, or that encourage you to pay attention to other players, where something that one player is doing does impact what you're doing, even though it, it does have simultaneous play. Uh, Dominic says maybe we can be coordinated on Discord. We're pretty active on board game arena there. Dominic, yeah, that's a good point. That uh, I, I use a different Discord server for my by Wednesday game nights or board game arena game nights. But you're right. Maybe I can post something there if people want to try to join in with that. That's I'll make a note about that. You're talking about the Stillmeyer. I'll post it on the Stillmeyer Games Discord there. Uh, yeah, so for those of you curious about my bi-weekly board game arena game night, it's on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock, 
And if you're interested, I'll, I like this idea. I will post about it in the Stonemeyer Games Discord to see if anyone wants to join this other uh, Discord server where we meet and play on Board Game Arena um, every other Wednesday. And just to make sure you know, you won't. If you are going there to play a game with me, I'm honored. I'm flattered by that. Uh, you won't necessarily. That won't necessarily happen because if we do get a bigger group of people, we'll divide up and play different games on Board Game Arena. But it is. A, it's a fun excuse to you know play some some games together with other people every couple of weeks on Board Game Arena. Clayton mentions one of my favorite simultaneous games, Planet Unknown. Yeah, this is why I want to revisit this list because a lot of great. Um, Simultaneous action games have come out over the last few years, and and Planet Unknown is is a, a great one. Downtime, Clayton mentions downtime. I'm going to make a note about that too because that is one of the huge assets. And I really want to explore. I think maybe the main thing I want to explore is how, um, even in these simultaneous games, how what other players do can impact the choices that you make. And Planet Unknown that comes down to this rondelle where there is an active player um, who orients the rondelle of polyominoes to face them so they can have the polyomino shape that they really want at that given time and everyone else is then aligned with another shape of this another part of this uh it's got a lazy susan in the game um you're aligned with that and those give you your choices of polyominoes for the game really big component to put into the box but it works really really well uh see visceral says oh uh, it says, I know you've said before that you don't want Board Game Arena to replace the tabletop. That is definitely true. Um, but personally, Board Game Arena has introduced me to games that I bought for the tabletop. Yeah, that's one of the things that we talked about on the survey. Let's see if I'll, I'll pull that up on. Well, actually, no, I don't have that data on the survey. But um, so on the survey, th this was the thing that we discovered that people who are buying multiple games as the result of playing them on Board Game Arena. For our survey, there were only 4% of people who said in the last year that they bought six or more games as the result of playing them digitally first. So it's a fairly small percentage, but I know it is out there. I want people to be able to discover our games and test them out on Board Game Arena after those games have been released for a few years. Um, and Visceral is, is uh, reinforcing that. And... Uh, so would that change your stance on expansions? It actually reinforces my stance on expansions, which is that we don't put expansions on Board Game Arena because if you've already discovered the game and if, if you've decided to buy the game on Board Game Arena as a result of playing it on Board Game Arena and you bought the game, then you know if you like the game or not. I think then you have a pretty good idea as to whether or not you might also like the expansions. By putting them on Board Game Arena, we spend a lot of time and effort on, on expansions. And um yeah, I view Board Game Arena as a way of way of learning a game and being introduced to it to see if it's a good fit for you, not as a replacement for the entire brand of that game, which is what happens when you have all the modules, all the expansions on Board Game Arena. I don't understand that as a as a publishing as a sustainable publishing strategy. Yeah, Julio says I noticed our game group seems to take to play heavier games than other groups I've played with or talked to. High Frontier. All the BIOS games, horseless carriage, those are some pretty pretty heavy games there. I fortunately have, I have two different uh, game nights in person here in St. Louis. One is a group of people that mostly play heavy games, longer games, and one is a group that plays lighter games. So I like that I get, I have two different, I'm lucky there that I have two different game groups to experience both types of games. Julio, I, Julio says he has the same, same kind of thing here. Uh, Skylar says a Pokemon themed version of Splendor is, Splendor is said to be releasing in Korea only. Can you explain why a specific IP version of a game only releases in one specific country? Does it have to do with the IP? You know, I heard that too, and I was kind of bewildered by that because I don't know why it would be limited 
to just one country? That would be a good question for our intellectual property lawyer, Scott Duvall, because I don't know why. I, I mean, it could be related to trademarks um, or copyrights, copyrights in, in one specific country versus the other, but I don't. I, I don't I don't know why that would be. It is very odd to hear that, especially since it's a probably a language independent game. So that version will probably be sold worldwide anyway, um, or shipped worldwide anyway. Yeah. Roland's Manor talks about some simultaneous drafting games. Drafting games are also simultaneous, like Seven Wonders. That's a great pick for simultaneous play. Uh, my City, yeah, that's one that has come out since my original list, I believe. Uh, sushi go planted yeah do i do i include so that's a question do i include all drafting games and all uh or most drafting games are simultaneous play and all roll and writes so drafting and roll and write maybe maybe you have to include them in the list this will be quite a list if i do that carol says what do you think your go-to family or holiday get together game will be depending on the group probably i mean i'm i'm really really enjoying blob party as 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 my go-to cooperative game of the season it's light it's jovial it's fun um it's it's if any of you aren't familiar with it i've talked about it on my channel recently it's called blob party it is in the vein of just one and so clover and in some ways it's kind of the opposite of just one it's a game where you're trying to write down the same thing as all the other players uh, in full full cooperation although limited communication and if you have the same answer as someone else you have this little blob of play-doh that are putty that you actually merge together with the other person and then from then on you are only present or that collaborate though that blob that new blob those people those players are only presenting one answer to the rest of the group so you're slowly whittling down the number of answers that are presented making the game harder in some ways um it's just a great game it's we i've had a blast playing it with all types of people and i look forward to playing it more over the holiday season Tony says, have you seen the Fallout TV series trailer? And I'm interested in it, especially since it's an alt history property. I love alt history properties. I don't play many video games. So I haven't played Fallout, but I am aware of the game. And the trailer looks pretty awesome. So yeah, I'm definitely uh, excited to watch that when it comes out next year. Hello, content creator. Jenna is here popping in to say hi. Jenna, I think I saw that you were at PAX Unplugged. Did you have fun there? What was your, your highlight of PAX Unplugged? And that goes for Jenna or anyone else who was attending PAX Unplugged this past weekend. People are talking about the number of games on their shelf of opportunity. Carol says 30. I only have like eight. Maddie says so many. Steve says 11. A lot of games there. Merlin's Manor also mentions Furnace as a uh, simultaneous game. Yeah. You know, I only played Furnace once. I need to maybe give that another try. I enjoyed it. it just didn't really capture me for multiple plays. But I've, I've heard, I know people love it. Um. Oh, yeah. Guild of Merchant Explorers that Carol mentions here is one of my favorite uh, games with simultaneous play that has come out definitely since the previous simultaneous list that I posted. Susanna, my coworker, says, I played one of my three games from Essen recently, Skullventeer, uh, from uh, Morton, who works with Stillmeyer Games, Nancy Narkin, and Arc Nova Marine Worlds. Oh yeah, Susanna, I would, uh, if you ever wanna play Arc Nova Marine Worlds, let me know. I, I have my copy all set up and, and ready to play, and it is, it's a delight. It's it's a really impressive expansion. Let's see. I'll scroll through a few other comments here. Uh Oxus says, my only unplayed game is Challengers 2. So only one game on their shelf of opportunity. That's pretty impressive. 
You know, I haven't heard much about Challengers 2. I didn't even realize it had come out. I, I heard about it when it was uh, announced, but I didn't know. I didn't know it was actually shipping and delivering. Let's see some other answers here. 20 to 25 games. Yeah, Garrett says, am I wired directly into my router or on Wi-Fi? It might be worth lowering the bit rate on the stream if Wi-Fi to see if it clears up. That's a good point, Garrett. I can change that. Um, I'm definitely connected on Wi-Fi here. I'm pretty far away from our router in this position in our condo. Yeah. But you're right. I could, I could change that. That might help. Quacks. Yeah, Dave mentioned Quacks. I think Quacks was on my previous simultaneous list, but maybe not. Um, I do love Quacks of Quindlenburg. Carlos says, what's my selection criteria for selecting localization partners? I've noticed that translations from Maldito games are sometimes very confusing and other times completely wrong. Translation mistakes do help, uh, do uh, aren't perfect, aren't always perfect, but we have some longtime partners like Maldito, like Matigo, 99, 999Games4Land that we do trust in general. Um, but it's good to hear feedback about this because if we do hear that a localization partner, um, like I think they need to know uh, what mistakes are and specifically what those mistakes are. So always feel free to, to post or to reach out to them and say, hey, I found these mistakes in the translation um, so that they can find other translators. So they can add another step to the proofreading process or so they, they can see if there's a, a pattern there. Maybe there's a pattern in the translations that, um, uh, that, that they're making. So we're sticking with our partners, but we do sometimes even add, if we find out that a partner isn't doing a great job of translation, we might even have a third party proofreader come in and uh, and kind of approve the translation for us so that we know that they are best re representing Stonemaier games. So that's good to know about Maldito. I'll, I'll keep an eye on that to see if it is a pattern that has emerged. Julio pointed out Pendulum. Yeah, we do have Pendulum as our simultaneous, well, Pendulum and Rolling Realms are our simultaneous action games at Stonemaier Games. Valerie has a random book recommendation, The Departure by Neil Asher. I'm almost done with it and love that it's a series of dystopian sci-fi. I love dystopian sci-fi. Let me make a note of that before I forget, Valerie. I am reading right now the second book in the Fourth Wing series, a book called Iron Flame, and I'm loving it. So good. I love this series. So let's see. Neil Asher, The Departure. The Departure. Valerie, I feel like you have a great book rec recommendation every week. How, how fast do you go through books? You a quick reader. All right. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for that recommendation. Ray says he still loves Seven Wonders as his favorite simultaneous action game. Monkey Butler says, how do you decide when to pre-plan expansions like Expeditions versus trying to release a complete game? So Expeditions, I was still trying to release a complete game, but I just figured that I might want in the future to release new mechs. I didn't know what those mechs were going to be, but I figured... I should include space for them in the, in the insert so people have a place to put these mechs. So pre-plan is a strong word for it, but it, it's more like I have a strong inclination that someday we'll add this thing to the game. Um, but I try to, like, I, I'm not cutting any ideas, I guess, from the core game. Expeditions, I didn't cut I didn't cut two mechs and save them for later. I just, I didn't have two mechs yet, and I, two more mechs yet. I definitely couldn't afford to put two more in the game. And I figured somebody would might do that. But for Apiary, um, I, I guess, yeah, so that's my answer. That's that's always the goal, to include the full thing and just make sure that everything can fit in the insert. And if there's a little extra room in the insert for something in the future, that's great, too. And Apiary.
area, there isn't a lot of room for much expansion stuff. Uh, there's a room for maybe a few more tiles um, and maybe the, a little bit of vertical space for more hive mats, but there's not a lot of space for expansions in that box. Schuler says that Pendulum was a game I was afraid to teach to a couple of friends, but they got it right away and we had a lot of fun. Very underrated game. I would agree. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with what we did with Pendulum. It is a bit of a challenge to have that first teach, but you can teach it non-simultaneously and then jump into the simultaneous play and see how that goes. Paige says that the only game I haven't played yet is Fox Experiment. That's mostly because we're running out of shelf space in my current apartment, so she's not buying as many games as she'd like. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely relate to that. If I if I feel like games are stacking up on my shelves or on my shelf of opportunity, I'm less likely to then buy or back another game. Um, yeah, even if even if I'm excited about it, I might wait on it then. So Ian says, I'm not sure I realize you get a resource when you take the card. So Ian, yeah, you can't gain a resource when you when you gain a seed card in Apiary. What I'm saying is, instead of playing a seed card for its ability, um, for its written ability, you can play it just to gain a basic resource. Sorry if I misstated that earlier, but uh, that yeah, that's how you play a seed card. When you when you play it, you either gain the ability or you gain a basic resource from that card. Oh, Julie says that Fox Experiment also has simultaneous actions for a good portion of the game. But the foxes you create go into the general pool and are available for other players in the next round. So that's a little bit of interaction. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, that's I'm even more excited to play Fox Experiment for um, its simultaneous play. So many simultaneous play games coming out. So I think one of the other benefits of this is that with simultaneous play games, you can get a really meaty game experience in a shorter amount of time than you would if you were waiting for every single player to take their turn, which I think is pretty cool. <laughs> Maddie says, needs more Pokemon wingspan. We have we have tried to reach out to the folks at um, whatever the company is that makes Pokemon to see if they would ever want us to do a, or if they would let us do a, a Pokemon version of wingspan. But uh, it's either that we didn't hear from them or they just said, no, it's one of the two, but you know, maybe someday it'll, they'll change their minds. I think they, like, I think they might be open to games like Splendor, Splendor, I keep saying Splendor, Splendor, um, because it doesn't in any way replace the actual Pokemon game, but with Wingspan to have all those detailed Pokemon cards in Wingspan, they might feel like that is a card game when there already is a Pokemon card game. Yeah. Oh, Greg points out there's a Pokemon themed point salad version of point salad in Korean as well. We have a few more minutes. I'm just scrolling down here. Let's see. Oh, here's one. Uh, Michelle points out Imperial Miners. That's one that I need to play, but I have not played Imperial Miners yet. I'll mention that. I'll add that to my to my list of, of uh, simultaneous games that I need to play. George says, have I played Meadow? It's currently shooting, sitting on his shelf of opportunity. Yes, George, I have played Meadow. It's been a little while, but um, I, I have played it. And I, I was delighted by it. Yeah. Here's Jenna from, uh, from Pax Unplugged. Jenna says, oh, she had the opportunity to play Apiary. Awesome, Jenna. I'm glad you were able to stop by and, and play Apiary at the Maple Source booth that, that we were I don't know what to call it. Maplesaurus, Stillmire Booth, whatever it was. She says it was a highlight. It's the type of game I really wanted to play again. She met Alex Schmidt, my coworker. Alex, that's awesome. Um, 
did you get to run into Connie or or David? David, you can see in the comments here. David is Connie's partner, and Quan Chai was there, the the artist, a little bit as well. Merlin's Mayor says, "I've been doing a series on my channel where I first do impressions, reviews of games I played for the first time each month, which has been encouraging me to get games off his shelf of shame. I like shelf of opportunity more, Merlin, uh, but I definitely see what you're saying. Get those games off the shelf and, and try them, and then maybe do a deeper review later. Thank you, David, for popping in. I always appreciate you popping in to add your insights about Apiary and other matters. Um, yeah, so I really appreciate you doing that here and on the other social medias for, about Apiary. People are talking about expansions on Board Game Arena. Corlo says maybe there could be a way to play expansions online if you can pr provide proof of purchase. Having the digital option would be a great added value. Well, I don't think there is a way to do that. I am open to that, um, but uh, I just I I know I know that putting expansions on Board Game Arena would then replace the entire brand of the game um, for a lot of people and. Uh, so it, it doesn't meet our goals, I think, for, for putting games on Board Game Arena. Um, the goal being to introduce people to the game, to onboard people into the game, to give them a chance to try out the game before deciding to buy the real version that we intend them, that we hope people will play the version on their tabletop. Now, I do hear that a reason that a lot of people do play games on Board Game Arena is to connect with people around the world, people that you wouldn't normally be able to play games with. Um, I hear that, and I know it's frustrating to have a game that you love, like Wingspan, where you can't play the expansions. But the other part of that is that Wingspan is available digitally with, oh, it, well, it will have all the expansions. Currently, it has Wingspan, um, it has Europe, and uh, Oceania is coming out very soon. And um, yeah, so it will, it, it, I think on December 12th is when Oceania comes out. So. In any, in any case where there is a full digital version of the game that does have expansions, that probably means that we won't put those expansions or that like really solidifies us not putting the expansions on Board Game Arena. Marlene points out that Flourish has simultaneous play and she's been enjoying it. As for Shelf of Opportunity, we've been playing all the games we own. We, or we've played all the games we own. That's impressive. Um, except for Axis and Allies. That's more one for her husband, apparently. Flourish. Flourish is simultaneous. I haven't played that one. I'll make a note of, of Flourish. Valerie says, I'm an Audible fangirl. And listen, so I asked Valerie how, how she's reading so many books so often. Often takes me like a month to get through a, a bigger book. She says, I usually get through three to four books a month. If I'm reading or listening, I'll take a look at your recommendation. Yeah, Fourth Wing. I'm, re I'm really, really enjoying Fourth Wing, that series. Uh, But and uh, Spotify, which I use for for my my podcast, they have started adding audiobooks. So I might need to start looking a little bit more there to see if they have audiobooks of, of books that I want to read and give that that a try. Showing up, and he says, "I'm really looking for the new Studio Ghibli movie, The Boy and the Heron." You have a favorite Ghibli movie? Mine is Princess Mononoke. Mine is also Princess Mononoke. Um, I have a lot of different movies in that series that I love, but Princess Mononoke or Mononoke Hime in Japanese is uh, is my favorite. And Totoro, yeah, Chad mentions Totoro. I, I like that one as well. Cody says, "Would you say that your interest in games that give you more more option of interaction beyond combat would be due to it feeling more like real life?" 
Oh, I see what you're saying, Cody. Yes. Okay. So I've talked about this a little bit, especially with adventure games, where I like where the choice, it, the game isn't just all about killing all the everything, killing everything, right? I like other choices. I like being able to sneak around. I like being able to hide. I like being able to maybe run away from it. I like being able to talk to the the creature or whatever it is um, uh, to maybe to help them. Maybe they need help. Uh, is it connected more like it due, due to feeling connected to real life? Maybe a little bit, but I do like the escapism of games. I just like choices in games. And when a game is so, uh, when a game's, when the game only gives me the option to fight, I feel like a major choice has been taken away that, that, um, that I'd like to have. We're, so we're playing Gold Packs, the secret in role-player adventures. And we are generally trying to take a more compassionate path when we encounter someone who might be hurt, but we do sometimes choose the combat path too. And it's more momentous when we do because we have that choice because the game isn't always just shoving us into combat and not giving us a choice otherwise. So I think that's what, I think it's all about the choice for me. I like having the choice. Yeah. Vera has some other simultaneous game recommendations, rival restaurants, Ecos, and, oh, but she gets too, too stressed with fit to print, but I haven't played rival restaurants or Ecos. So I need to try them. I've heard good things about, about Ecos. I haven't heard much about rival restaurants yet though. Jenna, who was at PAX Unplugged, I asked her if she ran into uh, Connie or Quan Chai. She says, I saw Dave's comment in my video. I'm so sad I didn't get to meet both him and Connie. Um, yeah, yeah, they're, they're they're delightful people. I've only met Connie in person. I haven't met David in person yet, but I met Connie and she at uh, Design Day a few years ago. And she is she is amazing. Monkey Butler says, I'm not, I'm absolutely not complaining here. You may want to think about any networking changes you made about two weeks ago or so. Stream stuttering hasn't been an issue until the last two streams. That's a good point. And I, I've noticed more too on some recordings that I've done. So I will, I'll look at the video quality after I get off the video here to see if there's something I can tweak. In fact, I can change, maybe I can change settings on the fly here. Um, yeah, so I have it set up as high definition, high definition 720. So I could switch down to standard 480, but people generally don't love when I switch to switch away from high definition. So maybe I'll try that on the next live cast to see if the issues go away. Maxwell mentioned another one, Roll for the Galaxy. That's one that I haven't played in a long time. Roll for Galaxy, the Galaxy as a simultaneous action game. Oh, and we'll end with a little Stillmeyer note here because Martin, I get the comment to show, says that he played his first game of Red Rising recently. Thank you for playing Red Rising, Martin. Very excited to play the best, uh, play and beat the Automa. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Well, I think that brings us to a close for today. Um, Megan's out picking up lunch. So whenever she comes back with lunch, I'll be excited to eat it. But thank you all for chiming in and joining today with your thoughts and comments and questions. It's wonderful to see you. And uh, yeah, I'll see you in, in two weeks. All right. I think that's it. Take care. Bye.